It's great to be here this morning and it's fantastic that we have taken the time to gather as the church to incline our ear to hear the very heart of God this morning. So this morning, you're not here by coincidence and it's not just a thing that we do. It's not just a time that we've got nothing else better to do on a Sunday. It actually shows that this is important Our lives are important and Jesus is important. And this morning, as we gather, as we incline our ear and hear the voice of God in our hearts, my prayer is that we have a spirit ignited in us that will cause us to become unstoppable because we serve a God who is all-consuming, all-majestic, all-who-is-awesome. And the fact is, nothing can ever, like that song, come against Him, ever. And we're going to unpack that this morning. So let's pray. Father, we come before You in the Name of Jesus and we declare that today is Your day, that today is a day where we stand, we sit, we incline our ear to Your voice. We call You important. We set aside everything else and we take this time to hear Your wisdom, Your truth, Your plans and purposes for our future. And Father, I declare that this morning, Nothing, nothing, no circumstance, no situation, no report, no anything can come against you because you are all authority. You are our God and we ask that you are bigger, stronger and mightier in every circumstance for us. In Jesus' Name we pray. Amen. So, you know, life's a little crazy, huh? And particularly at the moment, and watching a lot of stuff going on on the TV or reading lots of rubbish that scrolls in social media, sometimes I think, and I love technology, I really love technology, but sometimes, you know, when I'm scrolling through and I'm kind of seeing some of the rubbish that people are posting or the the actions that they're doing or the things that they're engaging in, I get a little bit disheartened and disappointed because sometimes I kind of got the impression and the feeling that when we kind of engage in this social media lifestyle, that we lose a bit of our filters. And the irony is that's how the internet works, filter city. It focuses on everything that you look at, that you... um, explore, it filters stuff to target you. But the irony is we lose a lot of the filters. I am generalising. Some of us are very good at being very wise and smart about how we navigate our social media. But can I be really cheeky and extend that idea that it's probably more of the older generation that knows how to really invoke those filters and some of our younger generation have no clue because we haven't brought up a generation of resilience. That's a tangent. I shouldn't have gone there. But I did. I say that too because I am a high school teacher, so I deal a lot of this stuff, and we're going to talk about some of my kids a little bit later. But we live in a life that is so instant and so there and so available. And sometimes we can allow that to be the biggest and the greatest voice in our life. That can be the authority and the wisdom. I love it. And I'm not having a go because I've done this myself, but. I'm probably talking more about when um, people just kind of put it out. They're not for stuff like, you know, any recommendations on Facebook or any good restaurants in London. I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing. 
busted out there. People give you great information. That's all good. But when people put that same kind of broadcast news out there about, oh, I'm having a real problem with my boyfriend. What shall I do? He keeps doing A, B, C, D. And it's out there. And then you want everyone to lob in with their opinions and ideas about how you're going to navigate that situation. I just about have my eyes fall out of my head when I see that. Because I'm like, are you joking? How could that possibly be the wisest action to, to take at that point? So, you know, it, it kind of causes me a little bit of distress. And the irony is this message is going to probably talk to me as much as everybody else because I'm kind of going to learn how to not get embroiled in that stuff. And the other thing that kind of comes into play, and not just social media, is like we live in a crazy world where people are devaluing human life and thinking that we're just disposable coffee cups and life doesn't mean anything and that you can let loose. And I know that it's a touchy subject and I'm not talking about gone lobbying or anything. I'm just talking about the action of what happened and I'm not saying wrong or right and people are on different camps and go for it. But what I'm saying is it is so scary to be in a generation where we can, we the general, can access some serious heavy arms and annihilate people like disposable napkins. Like that just, what? What? Like that blows my mind. And then on the flip side, we can get derailed sitting in a traffic jam. We just about want to, you know, get out of the car and start punching people in the face because we've had to wait two minutes for a light to change. I mean, really? Really? Or, gee, I don't have MBN. My internet is so slow. I want to go and live in Japan or somewhere because it's the fastest one in the planet, apparently. It sucks living in Australia. Sucks. We don't have fast internet. That sucks. I mean, seriously. Can we kind of get a picture of what the world is somewhat shaping? And if we sit there and camp there, it can be a really sad state of affairs for us in our personal world. But there is a lot of beauty out there. There's a lot of good and a lot of brilliance and a lot of God shining brighter than ever before. And that's what we're going to focus on today because the reality is it's about perspective And this morning, we're going to look at perspective. But more than anything, we're going to look at God's perspective. And that is something, someone that we can completely pop our feet in, boots and all, and trust his foolproof plan about life and stuff that happens and how we find his awesome in all of it. See, the question I pose today is, what do we do when circumstances seem too massive and confusing for us to understand or for us to act or do anything about? What do we do? When life circumstances crash down around us, 
what do we do? My question is, what can steady our soul? Or more importantly, who can steady our soul? Well, today we're going to hover in this most incredible psalm, this most incredible psalm. And in 10 lines, 11 lines, there is so much in here that I don't even think I'm going to be able to do it justice because it is so rich in truth and it's absolutely brilliant about us who are followers of Jesus to feel really encouraged about how we're going to navigate our future. But those of us who aren't followers of Jesus, the beauty about this is we get to see the character of God shine bright and be awesome and give us probably a little bit of a push in a direction that thinks maybe I'm interested in about this person, Jesus, and maybe I'm interested about to see what he can do in and through me and help me understand that I'm not alone in this crazy world that we live. So it's Psalm 46, and I am going to use the Amplified Bible. It is louder, clearer, and dialed in the car like I reckon the people next to me, and I don't care anymore because I used to turn it down at the lights, like I've had the window down and I'm singing along in the song and I used to be like, and then I'd go, oh, the lights, I better just turn it down. Now I think, I don't give a rip. You can join in and sing if you want, but I'm belting out the tunes because I'm going to enjoy every moment of my life and enjoy my car ride. And if I get stuck in traffic, good for me. Listen to another podcast or sing another song. You can be sad or happy. Perspective. We'll get to that. Okay, starting at number one. God is our refuge and strength in the brackets. Mighty and impenetrable. Love words. They are good words. A very present and well-proved help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth should change and though the mountains be shaken and slip into the heart of the seas, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at his roaring. Did it have it there? No. I've got in my translation, there's a word here, it's called sailor. Is it on there? I can't see it. It is awesome. Good, good. That translates to pause. And as we unpack this particular scripture, this piece in the Bible, we'll come to the end and you'll understand why these pauses are so really incredible in this particular place. God doesn't do anything because he can't be bothered or it was an oops. There's a reason for every single thing. Okay. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, in brackets, His city. She will not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered and were moved. He raised His voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, our refuge, our high tower. Selah. 
Come, behold the works of the Lord who has brought desolation and wonders on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow into pieces and snaps the spears in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know. Recognise, understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, our refuge, our high tower. Selah. The cool thing about reading Psalm 46 is we can grasp four major keys that steadies our soul. It gives us hope and the opportunity to trust in the Almighty, leading us to access His awesome power, His strength and His truth. Okay. So if you're taking notes, feel free. But I'm breaking it into four sections. This is the teacher in me. And we're going to unpack those four things And you will see it come full circle at the end about how clever our God actually is. Super awesome. First bit, verses 1 to 3. Our God is our refuge and strength, mighty and impenetrable, a very present and well-proved help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth should change and though the mountains be shaken and slip into the heart of the seas, its waters roar and foam. The mountains tremble at its roaring sailor. In this section, we can learn something really important. Number one, God is our protection. See, The reality of this, people knew this way back, way back, way back because they lived with that heart and mind first and foremost. But it's something that we can embrace today. See, through Jesus' journey, we can see God is always in amongst our suffering, is always there. When he sent his only son to die on a cross for us, that was the like ultimate place of suffering, both physically, emotionally, mentally. Every single bit that you could ever put into one situation, it was absolutely there. The parent-child relationship, the mother-son relationship, the friends and betrayal relationship, the people of the community like Facebook have opinions about everything and know nothing about what's going on relationship. Every part that could ever have happened, happened in the scenario of Jesus walking the earth, doing his thing, believing the best in every person because he loves us so much and then was absolutely annihilated by the very people in some circumstances that he loved and trusted. Paul writes this, So 
What do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing Himself to the worst by sending His own Son, is there anything else He wouldn't do gladly and freely for us? Is there anything? Ah, heck no. And you as parents know how much you love your kids. You love them pretty fiercely. So if God is doing that with his son, and then he says, but surely he loves us the same, he's not going to do something about stuff that happens in our lives. See, our protection does not come from better circumstances or avoiding life's problems, or in anything here on earth. Our protection comes from and is God. Full stop. I learnt this years ago when I was 18, and I've learnt it a lot since. Who's ever had friends betray you and hurt you? Or am I alone in that camp? Who's ever experienced that? And not just like, you know, um, a little bit, but I'm talking like gut-wrenching, probably stick the knife in the back and the front of you, like friendships. I have, and I had that at 18, and I will never forget it. And it was my first real friendship breakup, not a boyfriend breakup, like friendship breakup. And I don't care what anyone says, I reckon that hurts more than a boyfriend or a girlfriend breakup. Because that is like, you let them into parts of your heart that you didn't even know you had and then they've got stuff with you and life that can just completely destroy your soul. I was 18. I um, had a bestie, like she was my bestie for years and there was kind of four of us that we kind of got together and became really close and it was two best friends and two best friends. Perfect, you know, just perfect. It was like, this is great. Later on, when we kind of got, oh, sorry, in high school, later on we had two other girls that joined the group. So there were six of us. And, you know, and people were really jealous of our friendship because there were people all around the place that were having fights and the rest of it, but we were strong. Like we were just like nothing can touch us because we really, you know, had each other's back. We understood what friendship was. We would go to school all day and then we would ring each other off at the night and speak for three hours to discuss what happened at school all day together because that's what you did because that's so important. You know, oh my God, he looked at me, he must like me. <gasps> no, he was just looking in the direction of the teacher, but you just happened to be sitting there. But we didn't believe that when we were 16. We believed other things and we really unpacked it. We solved all the problems of the world. We did. Anyway, come to 18 and this is the night, well, the nightlife happened and we were kind of going out and in our safe, secure cocoon of school and life and stuff, we were pretty strong. Put us out in the big bad world, the, gra- the cracks started to show and it really started to show the evidence of whether our friendship was actually strong or whether it was not grounded in something a bit bigger than just us. Anyway, um, yes, it was about a boy. Okay, I went there. It was about a boy, but it showed me something really interesting that she choosed my, well, chose my friend to believe a boy more than our 10-year friendship. That hurt. Oh. And I will never forget it, never. Because what had happened was, without going to the nitty gritty details, this particular guy was doing a lot of stuff behind her back. You read between the lines. And 
I knew this because I had seen it and also someone had told me, but I'd seen it with my own eyes. Anyway, long story short, I kind of was carrying it for a while thinking, oh, should I say something? Should I not say something? And then I went, no, well, we've been friends for years. Like, seriously, I'm going to say something. I'm going to kind of just go, hey, you know, love, ABCD. Well, I said it and then it started. You're jealous. You like him more than me. You want and all this rubbish. And I was like, what? No, I'm actually trying to kind of shed some light on this stuff that's pretty full on and you don't know about it and I kind of want the best for you and not the worst for you. What are you doing? Well, it actually went crazy as you can imagine with some girls it would be at 18. Everyone got involved. It was like the fight of the century and to the point that even there was so much like word shed and blood shed about the whole situation because so many things were underlying that it came up that when the truth came out that he actually was being a bit the way he was, she, the, the damage was already done and there was no way that that friendship was ever going to be repaired. And it was horrible. It was so horrible. And I remember going onto my bed and crying my eyes out, going, God, why, why, why? But I learnt the hard way of how awful that just broke my heart. It was devastating. But that wasn't the first, well, that was the first time and then since then it's happened at various times in my life to the point that, you know, it's happened at work, it's happened in families. Who's got families that you've had completely like, you know, things pulled apart with brothers and sisters and aunties and uncles or whatever? Yeah, totally. It rips your heart out. Well, just recently for me, I had a really great close friend that I was cultivating with. I thought, you know what, we're going to do life together. This is going to be awesome. And then literally one day she was here and the next day gone and literally since then crickets. And there's no, nothing that was bad. Nothing happened. There was no conversation. It was one day we were talking and literally the next day we weren't. And then they disappeared from our life and since then have not seen or heard a single word. That freaking hurts, big time. And I go, this isn't fair, God. This isn't right. But this helps me navigate that. This helps me go, okay, when I feel life is uncertain and everything's up in the air and I can't make sense of what's going on around me, when I'm so confused, when I can't get myself out of a situation, I have to know that God is my refuge, my protection, my go-to guy. The feelings are still there. If I see her, I probably want to scratch her eyes out in the human sense. But in God's kind of way, I don't want that to be my response. I want to go to God for His refuge, for His protection, for His direction, to learn His truth, to trust in His promise, to change my perspective and begin to see that the circumstances aren't going to control my response, but what God is and who He is will be what I hang my hat on. There's the difference. And believe you me, I ain't superhuman. I'd like to be having all these amazing skills, but just like you, I have to work and, 
and, and grapple with things and work my heart to lean into God and access this kind of stuff for it to have leverage in my life. You know? Okay, I'm looking at the time. I'm gonna hurry up now. Okay, number two, God is our joy. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, His city. She will not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. Another translation, which I really love this one. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Notice that she will not be moved. The people that live in the city of God, these people, including us, can rejoice and find joy because we have safety and security within His city limits. We are all in the Kingdom of God. Some of us just aren't aware of it quite yet, but we're all there. Some of us have checked in our residency by saying yes to following Jesus. And some of us just have our passports there ready to be picked up. When everything feels like it's impossible and when we don't know if we're coming or going, when the devil threatens to take us out, and he does, and that's a message for another time, he tries to rob our joy He tries to get us to focus on the circumstance, whisper in our ear, look at that. Oh my gosh, that looks really bad. That's never going to change. You keep trying, you keep praying, but it hasn't changed yet. Oh really? Do you trust in that God? Do you really? He hasn't come through yet. Although he said he was. And that's good because he's amazing. We know that he's amazing. But he still hasn't come through. So can you really trust him? Can you? I don't know. Louisa just saying, just putting it out there. See how the devil talks like that? He doesn't talk like, do not follow Jesus. He is a bad person. He will turn your life into dismal failure. He doesn't speak like that. He speaks these false truths. Because you're going, oh, geez, yeah, he hasn't, has he? Oh, he was meant to, but he didn't. God, yeah. Oh, doubt, discouragement flow in our brain and we can derail from what God has for and with us. No matter the circumstance, no matter the report, no matter the adoption papers, no matter the school failure, No matter the job loss, no matter the finance up in the air, no matter, God is absolutely in the midst of her. He's in there because we dwell in his city, then he has the ability to bring joy in that space. Nothing can stand against the Almighty God. We are His and He is ours. No matter what, no matter where, no matter how. Number three, God is our power. 
The nations made an uproar, the kingdoms tottered and were moved. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, our refuge, our high tower. Selah, come, behold the works of the Lord who has brought desolation and wonders on the earth. He makes wars to cease and the end of the earth. He breaks the bow to pieces and snaps the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Here we see God's strength. You know, the world rages around us. Stuff happens all over the space and place, right? But this section in the Psalms, David is just declaring it because he is showing us the strength and power of Jesus. Utter his voice and the earth melts before him, like it melts. He utters. An utterance isn't a declaration. An utterance is this. He's uttering it and it melts. Is that not authority? Is that not? Is she not the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life? Sorry. Shame podcast because you get to, she's beautiful, this little girl. Gorgeous. God, the armies, sorry, God of the armies and everything. God who fights on our behalf is with us. He is our fortress. All he has to do is speak into that battle and it melts, literally. And can I just pause? We go, we'll just speak God. Yeah, speak. Get the freaking Word of God. That's God speaking. Speak it into the situation. That's God speaking. That's it. He utters and it melts. How many times in life, and I know this for me, my gosh, oh my God, I'm in the red. I'm going over time. One more point. I can do this. Um, at the back, there's a clock telling me to hurry up and it gets really unnerving. Um, okay, so stop talking. Um, so it's a bit like this. You know, if I'm feeling like I'm having, and Tanya referred a little bit to it last week. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast, very awesome. She talked about this app and I investigated it this week and it's this game that you play and it's got all these grumpy faces and in amongst it, there's these happy faces and your job is to find the happy faces in amongst the grumpy faces and you kind of keep doing it. And inadvertently, by the time you finish doing it for 10 minutes or whatever, you can't help but get a little bit of a <laughs> laugh and a chuckle because your focus has changed. No longer is it on the grumpy faces, it's on the happy faces and your perspective changes. See, if we want God to utter His voice in that place of battle, we have got to get some ammunition in our hand to allow Him to utter it. So it then can melt. You know? That's what we do as people who follow Jesus. That's why this book is created. That's why Jesus and God writes these words because it's our artillery to then move to action, to see the things change. Or if they don't, it helps us equip ourselves with the power, the confidence and the peace to forge ahead regardless. See, nothing that rises against you in your life can stand before your God. Nothing. Nothing. Not a single thing. Because He has all authority and power. Number four, let's land this thing. God's purpose. Be still and know 
Recognise and understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, our refuge, our high tower. Selah. See, we end up in this part of Scripture where God, or sorry, where David reminds us of God's promises again. And I just want to pause at this place. Be still and know. And as I was growing up, I used to think it was this meek and mild position, like this, oh, be still and meditate. Whilst that's true in amongst, you know, the book of life here about how to navigate life, this one isn't talking about that. It's a bit like a be still and know. And you can't help but... Stop. Be still. And be still is a position of strength. It's not a position of being inverted and closed in. It's stopping, knowing, standing, declaring and saying that my God is awesome. My God has his hand on this. I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. I will not let these things come against me and take me down. I will stand with the authority of Jesus. I will push forward. I will declare. I will say and I will know the truth of God's Spirit because it's what's in us that has the power to change. God's purpose is His glory at the end of the day. And we do these things because we want His glory to shine bigger and brighter than ever before. This is not an Anthony Robbins motivational seminar where we say, I can do this. Yes, you can, Anthony, with God who strengthens me. Yes, we can. There's the difference. Not I can do blah, blah. I will blah, blah. Yes, with God, Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, you can. Of course. Hats off. Why? Because it's His strength, it's His power and it's His access. Because He has the ability to access every single heavenly host to come on down and infiltrate a situation to change it for His glory. So how do we respond when we are unsure, uncertain, confused, and life throws us lemons because it does? Simple. Simples, my little nephew, he loves that commercial and everything is simples. It's very cute. We stop. We become still. We pray. We ask for help. We remember that God is God and we are not. We trust Him to be our mighty fortress and to bring new mercies to work His power on our behalf, whatever it takes. We remember that He is God and He is more than enough. And then we ask Him to help us trust Him. Go figure, we ask Him. Can you please help me trust you more? Sure, here's my spirit. Thank you, appreciate it. Spiritual serenity comes from the hard times 
where we've had to be tested beyond what we could possibly handle. And that's the time that God has the opportunity to shine. That's the time that we find the awesome because He is awesome in it. We can cultivate this serenity, this peace, in spite of shaking mountains, agitated waters and difficulties we face in life. This spiritual command that God commands does not come from lack of troubles, I can assure you. It comes from a steady, deep reflection on the ways that God has intervened. And that's why I love this psalm, because it tells us that God has done it in the past and He will do it in the future. So if our world falls around us and some falls down around us and sometimes it does, sure it does, what do we do? Be still and know. Be still and know. And who do you know? The God of all things, the God of our lives, the Creator, the author and perfecter of all. Be still because of what you know about God, what you know about His faithfulness, not because of our self-made confidence or because we have the most pragmatic answers to every solution that's ever faced the planet of the earth or that we're the most chilled out person in the disaster so we've got the confidence in us. No, the confidence comes in God. I want to leave us with this. It's God's past that proves the calm for our future. It is what God has done that allows us the faith and trust for Him to have our future. Know that He's God. Know it. And it's not merely an intellectual thing, although it's pretty cool if you are. And it's not merely a practical thing, but that's pretty cool if you are or a spiritual thing, or an emotional thing. He is our God, period. He is the ruler of kingdoms of this earth and the all-powerful creator of the universe. So we end the psalm like this. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth does change. And change it does. We are living in incredibly, incredibly profound circumstances. Incredibly. But we have hope because of what God has actually explained to us through His Word. It's not a coincidence that David decided to talk about this. It's not a coincidence that he started talking about it declaring things of God, talked about His achievements and said what He can do in and through our lives and what He's done. He's destroyed chariots. He's brought down fires. He's done all these things. And then with all that happening, our response is to be still and know that He is our God. Be still and be confident. 
trust in Him, trust in His Word, trust in His future because He knows us more intimately than anyone on the planet. Let's pray. Father, I thank You so much that Your Word and Your truth brings us a complete guide to how to navigate this world that we can trust not in empty stuff, but we can trust in the truth, knowing that You, Lord Jesus, have our back, that You are our go-to guy, that You, Father, are the source of all strength, the source of all refuge, the source of all authority, the source of our joy, the source of our purpose, that we do this so we can see Your glory shine in amongst a situation that otherwise would possibly be helpless. God, I thank You that today as we have gathered as Your church, that You have deposited in our minds and hearts and equipped us with Your Son to direct us for our future. Father, this morning, I pray like never before that You rise up in our world, that You shine Your brightest light, that we can see truly God walked amongst us because of You being so first and foremost in our minds and hearts. Father, I speak over every family represented in this house today. And I thank You that You continue to show up at every point in every circumstance. And Father, that our response in those circumstances are to be still and know that You are God, that You have authority that You have power, that You have strength and that You, Lord Jesus, are the author and perfecter of our lives. Father, I take a moment to pray for those of us who have been walking with You for years. God, I pray that we don't shrink back. Those of us who are followers of Jesus, God, I pray that You continue to enlarge our capacity, stretch our hearts beyond what it currently is. Give us confidence to stand firm in Your Word and Your truth. God, I pray that today is a day where we can make a decision to continue to serve You for the rest of our lives. That we made these decisions years ago and that is awesome. But today, Lord Jesus, that right here, right now, that we say, you know what? From here on end, I will continue to serve You, Lord Jesus, all the days of my life. And those of us who don't know You, Jesus, those of us who are journeying and trying to discover who You are, my prayer today is that You show up, that You give Your love, Your peace, Your mercy and grace into people's hearts like never before. That today has been a day where they have felt a tangible presence of your spirit and that you will mark them for their future, that you love them unconditionally and that nothing that has ever been done or they have ever done will ever separate your love from them. I thank you for it in your son's mighty name we pray. Amen.